back to That's Orgasmic. You are joined by host Emily Duncan and today I'm going to talk about what happens to your body when you orgasm. We're going to cover the parts of the brain that are activated, different neurotransmitters that are released and different physical and emotional reactions that can happen when we orgasm. Now, obviously, I am not a scientist. I do have my psychology undergrad, but I haven't done research in this area. I have just looked into this myself. So there may be things that you want to look into more or things that could be disputed, I guess. But it's also it's a really under-researched area. Orgasms haven't been researched a whole lot or really sex, to be honest, and looking into it especially vulva owners and their sexual function is so so under research but hopefully there will be a few pieces in the, within this that are of interest of you and that you might want to look into further but anyway I want to start with what an orgasm is an orgasm generally happens at the height of our sexual arousal and it releases sexual tension it's our body releasing this tension and it gives us a whole lot of pleasure now obviously this might not happen for everybody but this is just for the majority at its core it's basically a whole lot of muscles contracting and it creates this very intense pleasurable feeling for instance for those with vulvas and a uterus it's like our pelvic floor contracting and releasing all of this tension and it just feels really really good it normally only lasts a few seconds however for those with vulvas orgasms I think they last up to about 30 seconds and for those with penises it's much less so I guess that's the benefit of having a vulva your orgasm lasts longer you can also have multiple orgasms however obviously it appears that those with vulvas cannot orgasm as easily as those with penises so I guess it's that weighing up the the pros and cons however orgasms really do feel quite different for everybody and even for me personally like sometimes it's like a little sneeze other times it's really intense and it just feels amazing and other times I just want to keep having more and more because it just doesn't quite hit the spot it's different for everybody some people will also maybe experience pain when they orgasm or they really just don't feel anything obviously if this is of concern to you go and seek professional help however it is normal that no two orgasms are the same. Also with this, I think it's worth mentioning, obviously there's a lot of talk about different types of orgasms and people say there's an anal orgasm, a vaginal orgasm, a penis orgasm, clitoral, nipple, all these different types of ways that we can orgasm. However, I don't necessarily think this is helpful all the time because if we look at it orgasms happen in our brain our brain is our main pleasure center some people can literally make themselves orgasm just through their thought so I think 
saying that there's all these different types means kind of makes it seem like they're different and I don't think they necessarily are when it's all coming back to our brain obviously they might feel different and therefore it might be useful for you to be able to identify the different types of orgasms you have I know for me a vaginal orgasm without any clitoral stimulation typically feels different to a clitoral orgasm however I think sometimes by separating our orgasms into different categories might add to some appearing more superior, especially when we're looking at vulva owners. There's for some reason this emphasis that a vaginal orgasm is the best one to have because obviously that is very centered around heterosexual sex and pleasing those with penises and pleasing and pleasing men really but I don't think it's necessarily always helpful obviously if it is for you and you enjoy being able to identify these different types of orgasms sure but yeah I definitely feel like it all kind of comes back to the same place and they've even found with MRIs, MRI scans that when scanning a brain when it is orgasming they weren't able to tell the difference between sexes. So they didn't know what biological sex was orgasming. So if there's not even a difference between a penis and a clitoral or vaginal orgasm when it's in the brain, is it worth adding that there's these different types, if you know what I mean? It's up to you, something for you to think about, um... But yeah, I'm not saying that one way is better than the other. I just want you to, I guess, be cautious of that and how you talk about it. Now, when we orgasm, obviously different things happen in our body. Within the brain, though, we have 30 different parts that are activated during an orgasm. Now, I think that's pretty significant It shows just how many different things are coming together when we do orgasm. However, there obviously are the more significant areas of the brain that are being activated. So this is the amygdala, which is our memory and our emotions. The hypothalamus, which is our subconscious body control. The anterior cingulate cortex, which is our impulse control and empathy. And the nucleus accumbens, which is a feeling of euphoria. Now, when looking at these, obviously, I'm not a scientist. I haven't researched this, but they make sense. Like you think about our emotions being activated. We do feel quite a lot of emotion when we orgasm. Subconscious body control in the hypothalamus. I feel like when you orgasm, you definitely have to let go and your body just takes control for those few seconds. The feeling of euphoria in the nucleus accumbens. I mean, I don't know about you guys, I feel pretty euphoric when I have an orgasm. Now, during sex, before an orgasm, in our brain, we're having a whole lot of dopamine, which is our happy hormone, also a part of our reward center, and epinephrine, which is our adrenaline hormone, continuing to rise. Now, this happens up until an orgasm and then we reach orgasm and we have oxytocin, which is our love and bonding hormone, which makes us feel really close to our partner. 
that's released and we also have a big surge of dopamine. Now, obviously, when you look at this, you might go, okay, a whole lot of oxytocins released. So if that's our love and bonding hormone, we're going to want to feel really close to our partner. We're going to want to seek intimacy and affection and touch after an orgasm. Now, this might be true for some people, but everybody's experience post-orgasm is going to be different. And some people do do this and, you know, that's when we have like our pillow talk and our post-sex cuddles and it's where this aspect of aftercare can be really important because we have had all these hormones released and we're seeking this type of intimacy. However, they've found that those with higher testosterone may not experience this desire as much to have the cuddles and that intimacy after sex because testosterone actually decreases the effects of oxytocin. It kind of then makes me think men or like those with higher levels of testosterone is that why maybe they typically don't seem to care for and or engage in these more intimate acts of like cuddling and pillow talk as they say afterwards obviously there's other phenomenas there's obviously there's other issues such as like that post-nut clarity and I have like the quotation marks coming up because I don't necessarily think that post-nut clarity is as I don't think it's necessarily interpreted in the right way. I think there's been a lot of social issues attached to it to, I guess, make men feel as though they can detach more from their sexual partners afterwards and make it feel like that's okay. Because you typically hear also, like, in casual sex, in that kind of culture, that once sex is done the one with the penis kind of switches off and pulls away and is like, all right, it's time for you to go. Or they just get up and leave. So it maybe it is because this testosterone is, you know, interacting with their oxytocin it, or it is this kind of post-nut clarity phenomena that's happening or it's also been socially learned. I don't know. Something to like, I guess, think about. It definitely got me thinking when I read that. But one thing that we do know is that those with penises will enter a refractory period after they orgasm. And this is when they can't get an erection and they typically want to stop sexual activity. I, once again, don't know if that's a socially learned thing or if their bodies really do and their brains just really do switch off. Those with vulvas, though, have a much shorter refractory period and can experience multiple orgasms. And sometimes one just isn't enough. I know for myself, I always need at least two. I'm never happy with just one. And they often feel different, the first to the second. I sometimes find the seconds more intense than the first. But I am always am aiming for more and more. I typically will only stop when they just don't feel as good. So sometimes that's five, ten, who knows, depends on the time I have and how my body's working. But I guess that's one of the very fortunate things about having a vulva is we can orgasm a lot because we do really have a much shorter refractory period. Unfortunately for those with penises, it is quite hard for them to sustain another erection but for some it is quite easy I have seen it myself where they can get an erection again and they can have sex again and again for others they do need 
a lot more time. For what actually contributes to this, I'm not sure. I would love to get somebody on and really break down, I guess, the science behind this and why some men have a shorter refractory period, others have longer, how, I guess, society contributes to their engagement in sexual activity once they have ejaculated I think there's so much to this that would be really interesting but for basic knowledge that's all we need to kind of know for now. Now everybody will experience different things at orgasm and some people might cry when they have an orgasm. This can also be known as (laughs) post- coital dysphoria where people cry or feel anxious depressed or agitated and it does seem to happen a bit for people this actually happened to me for the first time the other day and it was so intense I orgasmed and I instantly burst into tears I had no control of it it was just like my body had all of this built up tension and it was just instantly released at orgasm and I feel like when we orgasm because we kind of surrender to the orgasm and let go my body's just natural I guess reaction just came out and it was a lot I did have fake tan on so I couldn't just let myself cry and kind of enjoy that release I did however calm down got over my tears, went for the next orgasm and the exact same thing happened and it was just, it felt so weird to me. I never had it happen before but I think I needed it. I had been holding on to a lot of sadness and a lot of tension in my body for that past week and I think it was my body's way of just releasing it. Like it knew I had this tension and this suppressed emotion and it just had to come out and it was an orgasm and it was quite a nice feeling in that like it was a release but it did throw me off for the rest of my day because I also then did feel sad and I did kind of have to sit in that for the rest of the day and because I did this when I woke up so like I it kind of set my day off on a bit of a weird bit weird note but I messaged people and was like has this happened to you before and it had which I knew through doing sexology in this podcast that crying was something that happened but I guess I just didn't realize how common it was and that it could just and it could happen to me and for some people this happens all the time for them and it's a really great experience they 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 do feel good and they just know that that's something that comes with their orgasm for others which was, I guess, in my experience, when you are suppressing something, it's more likely to come up. So you're more likely to cry after an orgasm or maybe you'll be more intense when you do. But I guess it kind of makes sense because if our bodies are experiencing such intense pleasure and then there's this sort surge of hormones in the brain and our muscles are contracting, contracting and all these physical reactions, it makes sense that all of a sudden that you're going to have this emotional release. And maybe when we're not crying, it's this happy emotional release when everything feels good. But obviously for me, the other day, it was crying accompanied with sadness. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you're sad. As I said before, a lot of people do feel good when this happens. But for some people, this 
crying or post-coital dysphoria. It could be due to their hormones, their feelings about sex. For instance, if you're feeling really guilty that you have just had sex, uh, you could be suppressing your feelings about maybe the relationship you may really love them and that's why you're crying because you're feeling all this joy you may be feeling really negative emotions that you have suppressed there could be sexual trauma or just general psychological distress now if the crying after an orgasm feels doesn't feel good for you it's uncomfortable or you're feeling like there's something bigger going on if you're experiencing pain from the orgasm and that's why you're crying because you're genuinely in pain that's when you should go and seek professional help go seek a psychologist a therapist or talk to like a gynecologist or a doctor about what you are experiencing now also with orgasm you release prolactin which is a hormone that can help you feel drowsy so this might help you sleep better so therefore orgasming at night might be better to help you sleep I know some people kind of goes one or two ways like they either love orgasming in the morning because it's like yep great start to my day I feel energized and good and others it's that release at the end of the day that they get to you know let off all that energy and then go to sleep For those with vulvas though, estrogen's also released at orgasm, which can also help you sleep as well, which is quite interesting. Now, for some more uncommon experiences. Now, these aren't super research. They're just some experiences that they have found. They're not sure why they happen, but... I think it's just quite interesting um, and some fun facts for your day but some people when they orgasm experience weakness so they will lose complete control of their muscles for about 30 seconds or less. Now this is typically connected to people with sleep disorders such as narcolepsy but I I can only imagine like what a it'd be like sleep paralysis almost I guess like you've just experienced all this pleasure and now you've got to lie there for 30 seconds and you have no control which would be quite a scary experience when it first happens sneezing is another one that they don't really know why it happens but people will just start sneezing after they orgasm there's one idea that it might be due to the fact that the orgasm activates a part of the parasympathetic nervous system which that part also causes sneezing symptoms so it's kind of setting them both off other people might experience headaches so they might get this during sex or at orgasm they will have this headache why they're not a hundred percent sure but it's something that does happen and the one that I thought was the most unique and something I had never heard of before is post-orgasmic illness syndrome and it's a rare disorder that typically only affects males and it's where they experience flu-like symptoms for a few days after they ejaculate so they'll get a runny nose and a cough and just kind of like flu symptoms It is really under-researched though and why it happens, they don't know. There was one theory that maybe they're allergic to their own semen but I don't know how I necessarily feel about that one. I think that's a bit of a, feels a little bit far-fetched how 
that would then contribute to a few days of the flu but who knows who knows there's a lot of research that needs to be done and I'm sure there are many other unusual experiences that happen I think I've also heard that like people get this sensation in their feet I often find even during sex before an orgasm even happens I get pins and needles in my arms uh, face even like just there's a whole lot of different things and unfortunately because it's so under researched we just don't know why they happen but that's all I have for you today shaggers I hope you enjoyed that it was a bit different to my normal episodes I post but I've obviously as I'm studying sexology and I'm becoming the professional I'm gonna have more episodes where I share what I'm learning so thank you for listening as always please reach out with any comments questions or stories either through my instagram that's orgasmic or my email that emily duncan at that's orgasmic.com please subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast and leave a review as I would love to know what you're thinking so thank you shaggers and I will see you next time <laughs>